Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Y'all doing good? Yes. I really like preaching at this time. I feel like I preach better. So y'all ready? I preach better at night. I'm not a morning person. Neil, I'm sorry. I'm just not a morning person, you know. I've tried, I've tried to ask the Lord to supernaturally make me a morning person. Still takes me till 10 a.m. to like people every, still every day. I don't know what it is. Y'all doing good? Y'all glad to be like out of the house and in public and at church? And like, I'm, I'm just super excited to, to, to kind of be here with you. And we, we actually came down with, with COVID over those last two weeks when we shut down the church, me and my family. And we've been, uh, we've been all bundled up in the, in our house in Lubbock and, all of our kids won't go away. They're there with us. Just all of them. We were all together all the time, making a mess all the time. And it's been, it's been a, a fun, it's been a fun two weeks. Um, I'm just kind of glad to get over that and get out and, and be with you guys and share a word with you. Um, before I get to that word though, I, I just, I couldn't, Isaiah, I couldn't believe Braden even, um, he came over and gave you a word because I had one during worship for you as well. And uh, I was just like, well, that's even more confirmation. You were just on his heart today. And as we were singing um, that song about his goodness is running after me, his goodness is running after me, um, I, I saw you and, and I just believe his goodness. It's like, it's like Usain Bolt sprinting after you as fast as it can. And his goodness is about to catch up to you. You are about, there's, there's something really, really, really good about to happen in your life. And uh, you should get excited about it. So, amen. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and give God a big hand clap for that. <clears throat> um, today, I, I want to talk to you about what to do in uncertain times. As believers, what are we supposed to do in uncertain times? What are we to do when we come up and, and when we face times in our life where we don't know what is going to happen next? When it seems like nothing is working out, nothing is working for our good, it seems like it, everything is bad and it's just going to get worse. Uh, what do we do in those times? What do we do when the future is uncertain? You know, that, that's actually the time that we're living in right now, isn't it? If, if we were to be really, really honest, 2020 has been a year of uncertainty, right? Anybody testify to that? It's like, we, it's like what, what in the world is going to happen next? Just when I thought we were good, just when I thought we were going to open our brand new building and have a grand opening and have our first Sunday, it's like, boom, we shut down again. Some of y'all are probably wondering, what is going on? We're wondering the same thing. What is going on? But it's like 2020 has been a year of uncertainty, you know, if you, if you were to look at kind of what's going on in our country and um, what's going on in our world, it's kind of a, a really crazy time. I, I, I would say that we are, we, are, we are more divided right now than we have been in a really long time. People are just divided. We have this worldwide pandemic going on where, <clears throat> you know, people are getting sick and there's all kinds of things going on. It's not just in our nation or in a state or in our little community. No, it's like, it's worldwide. We have the issue of racism in our country that, that, that seems to, to, to pop its head up and become a conversation every other week. And are y'all encouraged yet? I'm encouraging you a lot right now. There's just a lot of, a lot of kind of crazy things going on. So what's up with that? 
Why has 2020 has kind of given us everything that we can handle? And before we kind of answer some of these questions, I thought, I thought it'd just be a good time just to laugh, just to laugh at 2020. Like, how many of y'all, how many like memes? Anybody else like memes in here? Anybody seen the, <clears throat> anybody seen the 2020 memes? Or is this like kind of making fun of, of 2020? I got I, I actually had them get a couple for you. And I just wanted to share this. Look at your neighbor and say, would you just laugh a little bit? Just a little bit, right? I think this one, this one is my, this first one's kind of more my humor. It's kind of a weird humor. But do you ever feel like this about 2020? I don't know what this cow is going through, but I can relate. <laughs> you ever, that, that's how I wake up every day. Especially in 2020, I just go over to my coffee maker and I'm like, hoping that it's gonna turn out, turn out good today, you know? <clears throat> what, about, what about this one right here? Time traveler, what year is it? Me, 2020, <laughs> that would be your face if it was 2020. How many like The Office? Any Office fans in here? Yeah, I knew y'all like that one. All right, next. This one is for all the moms out there. Go ahead and read it. It doesn't matter what school is, <laughs> kind of school is happening, that's your face, right? If they're at my house, if I'm sending them off to school, whatever, it's just... And then this is my this is my this is my favorite one right here. I, me being prepared for 2020, 2020. It just it found the little sliver. You know what I'm saying? It's like thank God the the, the armor of God. No slits in the armor of God. All right, it ain't penetrating. You know what I mean? But 2020. I mean, th if there was a picture, it's like this has been 2020 for a lot of us, right? It's been uncertain. And the question I want to ask you today is, as believers, what do you do when times are uncertain? See, I've got kind of good news for you today. And this is what I believe scripture tells us and what I believe God tells us is that even though what's going on may be uncertain, we know the one who is in control. Even when it seems like you don't know what can happen next, how it may go from bad to worse, when you don't know how things, how possibly God could work all these things out for my good, or how possibly God could take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for my good. When we find ourselves in those places, can I just encourage you that you, don't, you can maybe be a little bit uncertain about what's going to happen, but you never have to be about, uncertain about who is in control. God is in control. He's in control. No matter what happens in two days, God is in control. No matter who you want to win the election, God is in control. No matter what policies start, begin to get, be put in place in the next year, God is in control. Come on, he's in control. Do you believe it today? See, we, in times of uncertainty, there, there's, there's one thing that gets questioned. And that's our God. One thing that we question is actually his faithfulness. You know, we find a, a story in scripture that actually talks a lot about this. And it talks a lot about, it's a, it's, it's a great example of kind of what is going on in our world right now. Um, if you've heard the story of Gideon before, you, if, you, if you've been in church for some time, you've heard this story. And I kind of got excited as the Lord took me here because I hadn't looked and read the story of Gideon in a long time, but it's one of those ones that's like you remember it when you hear it, right? But if you, if you kind of go back to Gideon's situation, you know what you find? You find the people of God, you find the nation, the Israelites, they're actually in turmoil. 
They're actually facing really, really hard times. You remember the story, and I'm gonna remind you of it now, that there were these people called the Midianites and they were oppressing the people of God. They were oppressing the nation of Israel. So much so that if you think the coronavirus is bad, here's what the Midianites were doing. They were showing up with their armies and with their people. And when the, when the Israelites would go to harvest food, they would steal their food. It's like the coronavirus is bad, but not eaten. Come on, that's a little bit worse, right? They were, they were literally starving them out. And here we find Gideon. You know what Gideon's doing? Gideon is, a, is, a, is an Israelite. He's a man of God, but he is hiding in a wine press threshing wheat so that the Midianites won't find him and take the food that he harvests. And look at what it says in Judges chapter six, verse 11. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah. Not really sure if that's how you say it. Let's say Oprah. No, that was just funny to me. Okay, great tree at Oprah, which belongs to Joash of the clan of that word. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? How many of you can relate to that statement right there? Anybody said that statement to God in the last eight months? God, why is all this happening to us? Why is this happening in my life? Why is this happening in my state? Why is this happening in my town, in my country? Why are we going through this? I love this because this is exactly where Gideon's at. An angel appears to him, says the Lord's with him. And he's like, sir, don't know, angel. I know you've been paying attention lately. I know if you've seen what's happening with these Midianites and how they're oppressing God's people. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, you want to know how you can go and do what I'm telling you to do? I will be with you. He said, I'll be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. It's a good word, huh? Would you pray with me today? Lord, we just thank you. <clears throat> we thank you for this moment in your word. We thank you. We, we just thank you for scripture. We thank you that it is life to us today. We receive life from your words, God. Holy Spirit, we ask you, lead and guide us in this word today. Lead and guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit, I, I just ask that you would begin to speak to people, even as I'm speaking that you would speak to their spirits, that they would hear you today during this message. They would get an answer to a question that they've been asking. Lord, we say, come and have your will in this time in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen, amen. Does, um, Does anyone in here have that person in their life 
that, uh, that makes them try weird food, crazy food. Anybody have that person in their lives that makes them, all the kids should raise their hand. It's like, yeah, that's my mom and dad, right? Okay, let me ask, did your mom and dad ever make you try like all the foods and crazy food, right? We can all relate. We all have those people in our life that make us do kind of crazy things. For me, um, that person was definitely my dad. All right, growing up, you know, with, with with my dad in the house, I would always I would always walk through the house at random times. I remember growing up, and I would see my dad eating the weirdest things. It was like the weirdest combination of food, and I'd always look at what he was eating. Be like in my head, I never said this out loud because it's my dad. I'm like, you got problems, man. <laughs> like, how could you? How are you eating that with that? Like, I think one of his things was like cornbread and milk, which that's not that crazy. But like, still, he, he would put the cornbread in the milk. And then, are y'all following me? And then the cornbread would get all soggy and nasty and he would eat it with a spoon. Does, who does that in here? Because I know, see, there's quite a few. <laughs> That's how long I go. <laughs> I kind of want to confess, but I want everyone to know that I do that, right? <clears throat> that was just one of the many things that I would kind of see my daddy, in, in the grossest one of all, and I'm, I'm sorry if this makes you gag a little bit, but I just got to share with it. He would eat peanut butter and Miracle Whip sandwiches. Exactly. That's my point. Exactly right there. Is that not horrible? That's just, now, believe it or not, I asked in the first service if somebody ate peanut butter and Miracle Whip sandwiches and one lady raised her hand. Is there anybody in the service that eats peanut butter and Miracle Whip sandwiches Raise your hand right now if you're in here. Good, good. You're all saved. Thank God you're going to heaven. Amen. All right. But truth be told, there was a person that just confessed in the first service. She's like, I do it. I'm like, you got problems? No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember my, my, my dad kind of eating all these funky things, and, and he would always make me try them. He'd always be like, hey, man, you can't, you can't knock it until you try it, right? Like, you have to, you have to try this thing. And, and I'm not joking, 90% of the time, I would try his weird little combination of food, and, and somehow it would be good. Just like, Dad, how do you do it, man? How do you, you're, you're like a scientist. Like, how do you put these two things together and it's so good? Now, I, I, do, have to, I do have to throw this disclaimer out. I never ate the peanut butter Miracle Whip sandwich. Don't, don't you put that on me, okay? I never, I never did that. But I got to thinking about this, just kind of those things about my dad. And I, I kind of asked myself the question, why, why did I always get convinced by him to try those things? Because in the natural and looking at it, those things didn't go together. They weren't going to taste good. It was going to be disgusting. It was a hard no for me. But for some reason, he could convince me almost every single time to take a bite. I came to this simple conclusion. It wasn't because everything in the natural lined up. It's because I trusted my father. It's because I trusted my dad. It's because nine times out of 10, as gross as it looked, he was right. I trusted him. And I know that that may sound like a really silly example to you today. But my question to you is when things in the natural aren't lining up, 
when things in the natural don't seem like they go together. when, When you read the word and you see what you're going through in your life and they don't seem to mix and they don't seem to be good together, you read things and you hear the preacher say, he's gonna work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He says he has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan to give you a hope in the future. And you hear these scriptures and you read these scriptures, but everything that you're experiencing in your life doesn't add up. Those things don't go together. And when everything in the natural says there's no way it'll work out, when everything in the natural seems like it's so uncertain, my question is to you, is to you but do you know your father? Has he been faithful before? Do you remember the last time you were uncertain and somehow you're here today? And somehow he came through for you. And somehow you got out of that situation and you're in a better place right now than you were before. Right now in in kind of the things that we are going through, in, in times that are uncertain, when it doesn't seem like, I mean, there might be some of you in here today, you're like, I don't want either president, presidential uh, the, the election to, for either of them to win. You're uncertain about what might happen on Tuesday. Do you trust your father? But do you know your father? I want to ask you today, like, like, like where is... Where's your faith? Because I don't know if you're like me, but in the last couple of months, I've found that my faith has actually been misplaced. My faith is not on, in moments, my faith was not on God. You know what my faith was on? My faith was in the outcome of the election. I want to let that sink in. I want you to think about it. I want to explain that. What is your faith, let me ask you, is your faith in the outcome of Tuesday night? In other words, what I mean is, is your faith in, in the fact that you hope that the guy who you want to win wins so that the policies you want in place will happen? Is your faith in the outcome? Or is your faith in the one who is in complete control? He's in control. Many of us find ourselves working in the oil field And we know if a certain person wins, it could be really bad for this city. Is your faith in the outcome of the election or is your faith in your God? Are we under the control of who wins in two days? Are we under the control of the sovereignty of our heavenly father? Where's our faith today? See, because in, in times of uncertainty, you know what we have to do? You know the answer for us as believers? It's not to remain uncertain. It's not to remain in a place of worry, in a place of fear, in a place of doubt. You know what what we are called to do as believers in times of uncertainty? We're We're called to plant our feet in the fact that the God that we're in relationship with is in complete control. He's in control. When you lose your job and you don't know how you're going to make your, pay your bills and you don't know how things are going to work out, what do you do? You plant yourself, not in how much money is left in your bank account. You plant yourself in the faithfulness, in the prosperity that is in God. <laughs> when so-and-so breaks up with you and breaks your heart, 
What do you need to do? You need to, you need to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God, that he is in control. You know, I find in, in times of uncertainty, we, we may know this, but we don't ever do it. Anybody, can anybody relate? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm uncertain. I know what I need to do. I know that God's in control, but we don't seem to actually do it. In fact, <clears throat> this is kind of one of those statements. I don't know if you've ever been in, in, in these conversations, but you know, you ever get in that conversation with somebody and they just tell you all the bad things that are going on in their life and you have no idea what to say next? You know what you usually say? Well, God's in control. <laughs> Anybody ever done that before? That's all right, buddy. You just kind of give them a little pat on the shoulder like, hey, well, just remember God's in control. It's like, because we don't, we don't really know what else to say, right? It's like one of those cliche statements as Christians that when things are just chaotic, uncertain, bad, going from bad to worse, we just say God's in control. And I, and I just got to say this. I wonder if we've used that phrase so much that we've actually stopped believing it. Because, you know, there's nothing more encouraging than to look at somebody and be like, you know what? I know what you're going through is real, but I know something that is more real. God is in control. He's going to take this bad thing and he's going to use it for your good. I know it stinks right now and I know you're going through the pit of hell right now, but you will not stay there because you're in relationship with the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. He is on your side. He is the God of hope. He's going to work things out for your good. He's in control. You know, Gideon was struggling with this very thought. This was his problem. When, when, when the angel of the Lord finds him in the wine press, you know what he's struggling with? He's struggling with believing that God's actually in control. Guess where his, guess where his, his focus and his faith is at? It's actually in all of the natural circumstances around him. Here he is, he's hiding from his enemy. And this is what happened. I, check this out. An angel of the Lord appears to him. By the way, I actually think it's Jesus. If you read through scripture, that's just a little side note. Go ahead and do a little study. It wasn't just a regular angel. It was the angel of the Lord. And there's only a few times in scripture where the angel of the Lord shows up. And they make a lot of references to him being different. I actually kind of personally believe it's Jesus coming before his time. Kind of cool side note, huh? All right. So here is the angel of the Lord. And appears to Gideon. And the first thing he says, my, uh, he says, hero, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. But Gideon is so wrapped up in his circumstances that he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that the angel of the Lord has just shown up. You know what his response is? Yeah, the Lord's with me. Yeah, cool. But I don't know if you've noticed thing, everything going around. How can you say the Lord's with me with all of this happening? Oh, yeah. What about all the miracles? Where are them at? Where are them at, angel of the Lord? Where, where, where are those? How many of you would like an, uh, uh, an experience where the angel of the Lord shows up and says, I'm with you? Would that affect anybody's life in here? Would anybody like that to happen tonight? Wouldn't that be awesome? It's like, but he was so focused on his circumstances. He was so focused on the natural. Hear me today. The natural can, st can steal what God wants to do in the supernatural. What are you focused on right now? What are you focused on? Here, I love the Lord. He's merciful. 
Because he gives Gideon three different chances. He's like, mighty hero, I'm with you. Gideon's like, no, you're not. He's like, yeah, I am. Go in the strength. I know you don't feel it right now. Go in the strength you do have. I am sending you. And Gideon's like, yeah, but you don't know. We have, we have the weakest clan and I'm the weakest person. And you know what he says? I'm with you. He has to tell Gideon three times. <laughs> How many you need all three times too? We're, we're kind of like Gideon, right? It's like, yeah, Lord, would you, would you show up again? Would you do it? Would you just say it one, just one more time will be good. And then you get that one more time. You're like, yeah, but if you could just do it one more time. I think it's imperative right now that we don't, we don't get so focused on the natural that we actually don't misplace our faith and put it in the things that we see, knowing that God wants, to put, uh, wants us to put our faith in the things that are unseen. God says to call things that aren't as though they were. There are multiple times in Scripture where it says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is, is kind of this, this force that doesn't see it yet, but believes anyway. Where is our, where is our faith right now? Because if, if all we've been listening to, and I want to make it really practical right now, if all we've been listening to over the last six months is what we hear on the news, let me tell you, guess what? Your faith is in, your, is in the news that you're getting. If you're hearing more news than you are hearing scripture, you have more faith in the news than you do scripture. How, how could you say that, Keith? I can say it because scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if, every, if you just keep hearing other things, guess what? Your faith is going in that direction. Hear me today, no matter where you're at sitting in this sanctuary today, your faith is going somewhere. Your faith is going in a direction. What you have to ask yourself is what direction is my faith going in? Your faith never just dies. Are you hearing me tonight? Your faith doesn't just die. You are using your faith in some way. A lot of times, if we're really, really honest, our faith is not faith, it's actually fear. You know what fear is? I've heard it said this way. Fear is faith going in the wrong direction. A lot of times fear is just more faith in the thing you're afraid of than the God that you're in relationship with. Don't hear that in condemnation. Don't hear that in shame. But the truth, the truth is your faith is going somewhere. Amen. Where's your faith at today? Where's your faith at? Where's your faith going to be in two days? Can, I, can just, I can just tell you this personally, and I'm not bragging on myself. I just want you to know I'm not worried about what happens Tuesday. Do I have a desire in my heart? I do. Is there someone I want to win? Absolutely. Have I voted? Already have. Yes. Should you do all those things? Yes. Should you be informed? Should you be involved? Absolutely. But don't forget who's in control. I really came to just tell you something really, really simple today. And that's that, that no matter what happens, God is in control. Are you hearing me tonight? He, he really is. I'm, based on where we live, I'm sure that the majority of you voted for Trump. Can I just tell you, if Biden wins on Tuesday night, God is in control still. He's in control. 
We have a message that we're responsible to say to this world. We, we are responsible to, to encourage those around us. We are responsible to be encouraging the family that surrounds us. You know what we should be saying? We should be saying, hey, you know what? Is this a big election? Absolutely. Is there a lot of crazy things going on? Is it uncertain times? Absolutely. But you know what? God's in control. And God's a good God. And God's working things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is good. We should not be sharing some doom and gloom message. Oh yeah, God's left the God's God's left the U.S. He's left our nation. We done we done messed up way too much. Except Scripture says where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. If there's a lot of sin in our nation, guess what? There's a whole lot of Jesus in our nation. There's a whole lot of grace for those who need him the most. He has not abandoned us. He has not abandoned. Here's how I know this. Has he abandoned you? Has he abandoned you? Then he's in our nation. We have a message of hope to share. We have something to hope. We have someone to hope in. Amen. I want to read the, the last part of this story about Gideon. And I kind of give you if, you, if you, if you want a point, if you need something to write down tonight, if you're kind of one of those people. <clears throat> I asked the question as we started, what do we do when times are uncertain? I think one of the, the best thing that you can do when you find yourself in uncertain times is remind yourself who is in control. When you don't know what's gonna happen next, remind yourself who's in control. Shift your focus off the natural and put it on your supernatural God. As Gideon goes to accomplish what God set him forth to accomplish. It's kind of an amazing, it's kind of an amazing story. I know you probably know it, but as I was rereading this this week, it just so encouraged me. I think there's stories like this in scripture just to pump us up. Right, just to get us jacked up, like a like a good coach coming in right before the game. He's kind of trying to give you a little war speech here. I want to remind you what happened, what God did with Gideon. Judges chapter seven, verse nine says, That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I've given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying and you'll be greatly encouraged. Then you'll be eager to attack. So Gideon took his friend and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. So here Gideon and his friend are hiding out. They, they, they snuck up in the night into the camp. And they just happen to sneak up in the part of the camp. There's, there's thousands of people, thousands of the enemy. So much so, you, they have so many camels, it says you can't even count them all. 
And Gideon and his friend happened to sneak up in a place. Are you hearing this? They happened to sneak up in this place where this one guy had this dream. And it's about him. The enemy is, is prophetically interpreting a God dream. And Gideon's just hanging around. And I love what Gideon, what happens to Gideon next. It says, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshiped before the Lord. You know what I believe happened in this moment? Gideon finally realized, oh, we're gonna win. Gideon finally realized, oh yeah, God, you're the one in control. Oh yeah, when you said get up because I've given you the armies of, of the Midianites, you meant it, God. And his first response is to just, come, just to bow in worship. He goes on to say that he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted to all the people, get up for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, come on, say suddenly. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far as that place and that place and that place and that place. <clears throat> They didn't even have to lift a finger. They didn't even have to get close to their enemy. The Lord took care of the situation, didn't he? He gave them strategy, but ultimately he wanted this battle to go to him. He wanted this battle to be chalked up as, oh, God did all that. Hear me today, God can literally do anything. He can take something as insignificant as, an, as a, a ram's horn and a piece of pottery and cause a whole army to be destroyed. And hear me today, and we get worried about an election. <laughs> and we're worried about what might happen in two days. And our God can do this. I want to encourage you today, that's what he wants to do for you. That's what he wants to do for the people of God. That's what he wants to do for our nation. I just want to encourage you to start believing it. Start believing this thing. I think it's imperative that our, our world has people like you who are people of faith. 
Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.